Welcome to What Do You Think I'm Al? And I'm C. This is going to be a very depressing episode, folks. This this this, this, this is uh, we've been putting this one off a little bit, not to speak of the quality of the movie. Let me be clear about that, but because this was so, I think this was the only movie I cried at in theaters. Um, yeah, I'm pretty sure. And I think it's, th- th- this was the only time I've ever cried at a movie theater with my dad and my brother, and mm-hmm. they were crying too. Sorry, when I say cry, I meant this year. I made it a movie theater. Yeah. Right? Yeah, so. Um, but damn. Um, well, Al, what movie are we talking about today? If they didn't we read the title reviewing, already. We're reviewing A24's very... <laughs> Very depressing uh, counter-programming to stuff like Wonka. Mm. Uh, we're talking about the family drama, The Iron Claw, or sports family drama, The Iron yeah. Claw. The Iron Claw tells the story of quite possibly the greatest family in the history of professional wrestling, the Von Erics. Uh, who are the Von Erics? you may be saying? Because if you're not from, like, Texas, Texas. And, and Oklahoma and that those kind of areas. If you're not from the South, and the dirty you, South, the, the dirty, the dirty South, South, or yeah. you're not a wrestling fan, like an old an old school wrestling fan, you're probably like, well, mm-hmm. who are the Von Erics? What is that? Mm-hmm. They were they were the professional wrestling equivalent of. I'm trying to I'm I'm, tr- I'm trying to think of a. Of a they, they were the professional wrestling equivalent of the uh, Gracies, for those that follow MMA. Mm-hmm. The Gracies are considered the greatest family of Brazilian jiu-jitsu. They, they pretty much invented Brazilian jiu-jitsu, right? And they are considered the gods of, of, of the sport, right? The Von Erics are the southern re- professional wrestling version of that. Uh, their father, uh, but before it was, before it was nationally big, it was, it was lo- more, slightly more localized, so to speak. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. So folks, you guys are all probably millennials. You guys probably all are like, Oh, the WWF or now the WWE, but it used to be the WWF. Uh, and that's like show nationwide before the WWF, uh, really and truly like wrestling was kind of like regulated to like state circuits like you had your group of wrestlers that were in the east coast you had your group of wrestlers that were like in the midwest or in the west like in texas mm-hmm. uh, or or in california and they or in japan as the movie points out as well or, or in japan reason. right and basically yeah. like wherever you lived the local the local circuit was probably all you were going to see now uh there were moments where like wrestlers from other circuits would come d- do the rounds and you'd be like oh my god Rick Flair from the East Coast is coming to Texas to fight the Von Erics. That's so cool. Uh, so, so, so it, it was it was regional, but you would still see you, there would still be like national like figures in the in the sport. And uh, the Von Erics were pretty much the gods of, of professional wrestling in Texas. Uh, their patriarch was Fritz Von Erich. He was a first generation wrestler, professional wrestler. Uh, but pretty much his whole he created the idea of being a heel in professional wrestling. He was his his heel persona was pretty much a Nazi criminal who let who escaped Germany after World War Two, came to Texas and decided to fight the, those disgusting Americans that beat beat his country in World War Two. And he created he created a persona called Fritz von Erich, 
Von Erich mm-hmm. was like his maternal family name mm-hmm. uh, because it was it sounded German. Uh, in fact, I think it is German. And Fritz is not his real name. I forget what his actual name was, but but he went by Fritz von Erich, so this German Nazi, and he had a move, a very very famous move called the Iron Claw, where he would grab the opponent by the head, the forehead with just his with just his hand, and put so much pressure on the forehead that the opponent couldn't move. Mm-hmm. Now, folks, I'm sure you're all aware professional wrestling's fake, mm-hmm. but. So there, there, there originally wasn't like an actual iron claw move. He just put his hand on the guy and the guy would go down, right? Mm-hmm. This all was pre-scripted. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't mean that it did not take amazing athletic prowess to be a professional wrestler. Because you had to show, you had to, the muscles you had to work, because basically it was all about the glamour muscles, as some people call them, where you really like are ripped. That's fucking hard to achieve and to maintain too. Yeah. So... Like, you had to be an incredible athlete to be a professional wrestler because, yeah, they weren't real fights, but you were still jumping in the air, falling not only on the ring, but or on the concrete ground or in bleachers. Like, you still had to be an incredible athlete. Mm-hmm. So, uh, eventually, uh, Fritz von Erich decides to open up uh, his own uh, circuit of wrestling in Texas. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it was called Worldwide wrestling competition I, I think is what yeah. it was called and it was it was a success um yeah it would no it was the biggest wrestling circuit in the south mm-hmm. uh, world-class championship wrestling was the was the circuit he created gotcha and uh he was the boss of that he was like the the main the main guy behind that and uh he got his he got his children involved his sons mm-hmm. uh fritz von eric had well we'll talk about this later but uh in the movie, Fritz von Erich had five sons, right? He had five sons. One died when he was like five years old. So out of his four remaining sons, his second oldest, Kevin von Erich, becomes like the new star of world-class championship uh, uh, wrestling, right? He becomes a big, big star. Uh, and eventually, his younger brothers got involved too. Uh, his the his immediate younger brother Carrie von Erich was like an, an uh, was like a an Olympian athlete an, an Olympian level athlete he joins yep. in and then his his third second younger brother David von Erich joins in and that trio basically became like the professional wrestling equivalent of God uh, I'm tr- I'm trying to think of like a like like they they became like the Fantastic Four except they were like the Fantastic Three. Mm-hmm. Right. So unlike their dad, who was a bad guy, they were, wrestler, uh, you know what the uh, they were like the three musketeers. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's so much better. Yeah. They were the three musketeers. So unlike their dad, who was like a villain, they were heroes and they were always, always like doing battle with like other other wrestling teams from other circuits. Mm-hmm. It's quite fascinating. I was actually reading up on um, I was actually reading up on the history of the Von Erics and a lot of people who were into wrestling at the time in the 80s. They talked about how, like, seeing the trio of Von Erics was pretty much as close as you got to getting superheroes in the 80s. Because this is, this is, the only superhero movie around was the Superman films. There was no Batman. There were no Marvel movies at the time. Mm -hmm. So that was as close as people got to seeing live action superheroes. It was that in the circus, basically. Yeah. So these, the the Von Erics were big. 
and eventually uh the youngest brother at the time uh or the youngest brother mike von eric eventually joins into mm-hmm. uh but one thing i didn't mention was that or i, th- I think i did mention it was that uh, fritz von eric uh took the von eric was his maternal family name uh and apparently there was an a wives tale amongst his family that if you took on your maternal family name that you were angering God and that you were going to be cursed. And, uh, Fritz von Eric never believed that until his oldest son at five years old died. Right. And he died in a pretty horrible way. Basically, uh, he got electrocuted and then fell face first in a puddle and drowned in a puddle. I know that sounds pretty like dismissive, but that's literally no. It was, how he died. It, it's how he died, and it, it was awful. Yeah. So, the other brothers, his other sons, kind of in the back of their minds are always like, "Is this curse thing real? Mm-hmm. Is this real?" And because they were kids, with the dad always talking about it. Yeah. So this movie kind of deals with them wrestling with that specter of the Von Eric curse. Literally and figuratively. Literally and figuratively. Um, so, you know, let's talk a little bit about, you know, I I had a neighbor who loved wrestling in the 80s. And one of the few times my dad let me talk to him, he mentioned the Von Eriks. And he told me the story of the Von Eriks. So I knew about, like, the tragedy of the Von Eriks. Uh... I knew about it and I was like, oh, as, and he, this was like, I was like 10 years old and I was like, that's messed up. Oh, wow. Um, you know, but never thought anything. About it. I, I didn't grow up with wrestling. I should, I should say that, that I didn't Neither really did grow I. up. I, I didn't grow up with wrestling. I had friends who did and they would explain things like they told me, oh, this is, this is Scorpion. This is the rock. Uh, like they, they were explaining it to me up until high school when it was like, oh, that's John Cena. And I don't know who else all these people are. So that's as little <laughs> as I knew. Right. Like I didn't even know Dave Batista was a wrestler until he got cast in uh, in Guardians of the Galaxy. I'm like, who's this guy? He's a wrestler. Oh, okay, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that shows you how little I knew about wrestling. But I knew that little factoid about the Von Erichs, right? Mm-hmm. Um, years later, like around 2013 or 2015, I don't remember, Vice releases these documentaries about – because, folks, for those that don't know, professional wrestling is kind of a dark industry. Oh, like yeah. there, there's a film directed by Darren Aronofsky called The Wrestler. Fantastic film. Fantastic movie. Amazing yeah. movie that really delves into like the drug use, the 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 pain, the suffering that these these athletes put themselves through. Like, prof- if you're in, if you're a professional wrestler, yeah, chances what what the wrestler did is it it helped you understand that yes there's the wwe but there's also these off-circuit groups that really don't give a fuck and they'll actually hurt each other in just really crazy ways yeah like yeah. it's really so, insane so uh in that spirit vice were releasing these documentaries called the dark side of the ring where uh they kind of showed you like not only the famous tragedies of professional wrestling like eddie guerrero's uh, uh, overdose or that one wrestler who like killed his entire family, Jeez. but they, they made one about the Von Eric curse. Mm. And when you really, when you really hear the story, you're like, Oh, that's horrible. You're like, Oh, mm. that's, that's, that's really bad. It's really, mm. really bad. But then, you know, I forgot about it. Didn't think about it much. 
until uh last year when they released or earlier yeah last year they released a photograph saying like hey the director sean durkin of uh, mary macy may marlene has directed a sports drama about the von erics and they showed a picture of the of the cast who were playing the brothers the cast includes Zac Efron, who plays uh, oldest brother at the time, Kevin Von Erich, Jeremy Allen White. Most of you guys know him as Lip from Shameless or uh, Carmi from The Bear. Amazing show. Y'all should watch it. As 100%. Carrie Von Erich, who was considered the most athletically gifted of the brothers. Mm-hmm. Harris Dickinson. He was in uh, the, he was in Kingsman prequel. He was the, the bad guy, sort of, in uh, Where the Crawdads Sing. Harris and he's Dickens. also he's also in a really good independent movie called Beach Rats, but that's not the here nor there. He uh, he plays the the third brother David Von Erich and uh, newcomer Stanley Simons as youngest brother Mike Von Erich. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, you watch that picture and you're like, oh, I know how this is gonna go. Okay. Yeah. And uh, you know, um, so. You know, I'm like, okay, I'll, I'll give it a watch. And then, you know, as, as the film kept going on, the, the hype for the movie kept growing because, again, it's A24. People were talking about Zac Efron's performance, and I was, like, getting really excited to watch this. Uh, but before I continue on, see, like, I know you said you're not into wrestling, but what was your exposure, if any, that you minimal that you had to wrestling or any exposure you had to the Von Erich story? So I had virtually no exposure to the Von Erich story. I really didn't know a lot going into it. In fact, the most I knew was when you told us that it's a really tragic story. And I'm like, okay, well, well, well good to know going in. Um, really, my only... Um, and I'll admit, I wish we could, get, we could have gotten Jay on this episode because he actually watches uh, professional wrestling from... Or, you know, WWE wrestling from time to time. Um... And he, he and I've watched a few uh, matches with him, and they're I've realized now they're you know they're a fun time. Uh, they're 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 entertaining. It's Make like, no it's, mistake, it's yeah, like, it's it's scripted and predetermined, but those yeah. those like feats of athleticism are real. They're real. That's very real, and it's it's an enjoyable thing to watch. I, I couldn't deny that at all. Um, so, but I know very, I knew very little otherwise, other than you know, Dwayne the Rock Johnson, John Cena. Like I knew those names. Somehow I knew Dave Bautista was a professional wrestler. I think because I knew, like that it was a thing that they hired him for uh, Skyfall, and like uh, I think uh, they talked to Daniel Craig mentioned in an interview how when Dave Bautista walked in, it was the first time he saw one of the actors playing henchman where he got a little scared because Dave <laughs> Bautista is so fucking massive. And like he told Dave Bautista, okay, for this next take, you can rough me up a little bit. And then he does a little bit. And he's like, okay, we don't need to do that again. Cause it was Dave Bautista's little bit that Daniel Craig requested was too much. Like it was, it was a little much, but that's really all I really was aware of in that world. My real genuine understanding of, of, I should say of professional wrestling is with uh, the wrestler, which I think is up there as one of the top 10 sports movies ever made. It is so good. Mickey Rourke was robbed of an Oscar win. He was nominated, but he was robbed of an Oscar win. And I say that as a gay man, knowing that uh, Sean Penn played Harvey Milk and won for that. 
but even Sean Penn was shocked. He was like, no, "Wait, he's what, like, what? What the fuck?" He was like, um, I, I, "No, I've already won, guys. What? What is this? What are you doing? Okay, I guess I'll take it. Um, if you insist." But that, so that is the wrestler is one of the greatest in in probably in the lower end of the ten, but in the top ten of sports movies made. It's absolutely. Remarkable, Darren Aronofsky. It's one of his directorial feats. Um, it's it's magnificent, and it's so it's brutal in a way you don't expect it to be. But so that's really my only exposure to that. So then this movie is announced, and you mentioned, oh, it's a really horrible tragedy. I'm like, great. And uh, you you were like excited because you're like, oh, 824 and tragedy. Oh, I'm going to eat well yeah, tonight. Yeah, pretty much. I was like, great. I'm, I'm down for this. I go with Jay. And um, let me just say, I had an emo- I had a public emotional experience at the theater um, because so how do I put this? It, uh, OK, my parents listen to this, so I'm sorry. I am watching a tragedy of literal greek proportions play out in these super with these super buff dudes who are not wearing a lot when they're in the ring so my feelings i was going through some crazy feelings in the moment granted i'm not like trying to say oh my god it was so i was so uh, turned on by this movie obviously if i'm watching a tragedy it's a tragedy but i remember just sitting there being like this is so sad. That guy's pretty cute. And it was just such a weird thing to experience in that moment. Um, so I, I definitely was in the emotions for a lot of it. And I remember I had to like, after we watched the movie, I needed a minute like before talking about it with Jay. Because usually, and Jay can attest, as soon as I see a movie, and I think a lot of people do this, I want to talk about it right away. I want to express how much I loved or hated it and get into it right away. Um, this, I had to like... I. I I like had to I had to take a breather. It was it was it was just a lot. Um but uh, what? I was gonna say I made the worst mistake. Oh yeah, what did you and by the way, by the fucking way, Jay and I warned you about this for the record. <clears throat> you know, uh I you know, you wanna see a movie with your old man and your brother and you're sure, like no, Oh, this it, movie this it. movie's about this movie's about brothers and it's a sports movie. And those are really the only things my dad tolerates. And, uh, when we went to go watch it, uh, we went to go watch it. So I'll just put it this way. You know, there were scenes where I cried. There was, there was a scene where he really, my dad really cried. And there was a scene where my brother started crying and we were just really, really like we were, we were pretty much emotionally destroyed by then. Yeah. And, and and this is how bad it got was that like, uh, you know, I, I don't know what my dad told my mom, but when my mom texts me like, hey, you shouldn't show your dad movies about horrible fathers. It doesn't make him feel good. I was like, <laughs> damn. Yeah. Damn. But the, yeah. the, the crazy thing was, was that like when our, my mom asked us, like, did you not like the movie? My dad goes like, it's brilliant. And he's never ever said it like that. He's never ever called a movie brilliant before, but he called this brilliant. Yeah. And and I was like, I was like, oh yeah, it's really good. But uh, yeah, it's, Wonka, it's... Wonka's the Wonka's Please. the smart play here, folks. Yeah. Please, 
<laughs> like, in fact, when I saw Wonka, I was what, like, "Is that what your mom and sister saw?" Wonka? Yeah, yeah. Oh God! So then, what? The drive home. My God, that must have been a lot. No, because they're just kind of looking at us, going like, "What's wrong?" <laughs> and, and, and you know, we we just couldn't say it because then my mother would have started sobbing. That, that that's the kind of because here's the thing, folks. This is the type of tragedy that when you talk about it, like people are gonna sob because it's really, really bad. And I'm not laughing to mock it. I'm laughing yeah. because it's, it's you're it's a nervous laughter. You're like, oh yeah, my you're God. like, like, like you don't think something like that happened in real life, and then you read up on it, and you're like, oh, it was then you worse. Read, no, yeah, it was worse. It was worse. And the director was like, we can't include some of these. There's parts. a there's a scene there. Well, there's not a scene. There's a there's a moment where Kevin von Erich and Fritz von Erich have a confrontation, and. Kevin Von Eric says, and then my dad told me, pretty much, pretty much said something to the, the, that that amounted to encouraging suicide. And this is in the documentary, and I was like, I was like, yeah, if, if that was in the movie, people would say like that didn't happen. That's too on the nose. Like, oh my god, like that that's too on the nose. Who and I think th- that's why that's why the director didn't include it. He's like, yeah. I can't do this because then it's and and I kind of alluded it at the beginning of the review. Uh, there was actually a sixth brother, uh, oh, Chris right. von Erich, uh, yeah. and Chris von Erich, he his life was already such a tragedy. He was born with like brittle bone disease and like asthma, but he so desperately wanted to be a wrestler like his brothers, like his dad wanted him to be. And that the director, Sean Durkin, explains that I didn't include the character of Chris Von Erich because at that point, the audience would be like, okay, now you're just bullshitting us. Because the tragedy in real life is so bad that he took things out because he, like, to the the person who doesn't know the story, they would have been like, this isn't real. This is bullshit. This is mellow. Like, it would have gone to melodrama. Yeah, it would have. So a lot of people were upset that Chris Von Erich wasn't included, that a lot of, like, moments of the tragedy were not included in the film. But then you realize, like, yeah, if he included all this stuff, everyone would say, this isn't real. This is just made up bullshit. So yeah. Sean Durkin made a hard decision, but it was it was a smart decision. I, I agree yeah. with him there. And he openly came out about it because he was like, I didn't, like, enjoy removing another br- a brother from this. Like, Chris Von Erich was a real person with a real life, but I didn't know how to, how to make this work. Yeah. So, um... Folks, I do have to say that in order to really talk about the movie, we we do have to go into like pretty heavy spoilers. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so if you have not seen this, you have been warned. But it is very check it out. Yeah, I'll I'll say that too. Like definitely check it out. And just just to put it out there, it's in my top ten. But uh, so see, how's about we watch the trailer and uh, then we we start talking about this movie. Let's do it. Ever since I was a child, people said my family was cursed. Mom tried to protect us with God. Pop tried to protect us with wrestling. He said if we were the toughest, the strongest, nothing could ever hurt us. I believed him. We all did. Morning. Pants tomorrow, please, David. Harry, I want you to join your brothers in the ring. Yes, sir. I love that. Woo! Now we all know, Carrie's my favorite, then Kev, then David, then Mike. But the rankings can always change. What do you want in life, Kevin Von Eric? More ribs. <laughs> I want to be with my family. 
you know, be with my brothers. What do you like to do with your brothers? Together, we can do anything. We're here to restore justice to the wrestling federation that our father built with his own two hands. The hands that were passed down to us. The hands that will deliver the iron claw to you. So what do you think? Like, we're alive. I love your family, Kevin. Don't we, Uncle? Yes, sir. Oh, man, that makes me so happy. I talked to you about something, Mom. Dad's too tough on us. You gotta say something. Baby, that's what your brothers are for. Feel that? Ah. You feel that? Ah. That's pressure. I mean, you're pushing too hard. I'm fine, Kev. Seriously, I'm just sick. I'm scared, man. It all out of control. I need to think about my family. Your job is to wrestle. Live up to that deal or we are through. I told you to look out for him! I just love being out there with you guys. It's the only thing that matters to me. The Bonner will forever be the greatest family in the history of wrestling. Uh, rewatching that trailer God, just kind of damn it no the 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 PGSD is coming back I can't do this I'm not ready you I was there man all right oh, uh, okay so folks what pill do I have to swallow to get through this there's, so Jesus. I'll just to to really drive the point home the we I've mentioned the tragedy of the von Erich family um Pretty much, uh, so, you know, in real life it was six brothers. In in the movie it's five. Well, you know, four because the oldest one died when he was a child. Mm-hmm. Um, pretty much the story of the Von Erics amounts to th- there was this family of wrestlers, uh, four brothers, and uh, because of injury and suicide, uh, uh, three of those brothers died. Um, mm-hmm. They were the they were from the 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 second oldest to the youngest. They uh, mm-hmm. they all died. The la- last one standing was Kevin Von Erich, the oldest, played by <clears throat> Zach Efron. But what added what is really truly even let me be clear, death through accident or suicide is horrible tragedy. But what it's the way. And the progression of these things that happen, and the the progression in the way this happened, that just makes it so intense, just yep. <clears throat> bone breakingly intense. Yeah. So this film deals with, unfortunately, this this horrible, horrible. Uh, it deals with with this, this this horrible like curse or or as the family perceives it a curse yep, yeah. where uh, mostly told from the point of view of Kevin Von Erich played by Zac Efron where as as the years go by he keeps losing his beloved brothers uh, and just kind of the trauma that inflicted on him and really and truly how he comes to realize that it was his father Fritz Von Erich that pretty much was responsible. Maybe not directly responsible, but he kind of 
set the stage for this, these tragedies to happen to his brothers. Mm-hmm. It's folks, I gotta say, like I normally don't do this, but if if like the the it's not even the suicidal acts themselves that are hard. It's Zac Efron's reaction to them that are so hard. And I, I say that as, as someone who's like, like, oh, you're an adult. You can handle any any tough thing a movie throws at you. If you're squeamish about this kind of stuff, this is a movie that you, 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 you're going to need to watch at home just to pause it to be able to collect yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, in, in my screening, we had someone who like had to w- step out for a bit just because and, and credit to Zac Efron's performance as Kevin Von Eric that he had to step out because it just it just got too real. It just got mm-hmm. way too real. Um, so with that being said, um, since you guys know what the, what the film is about, uh, mm-hmm. I will say I will also say uh, because I, I like I said, this is my top 10. What Sean Durkin does with the Iron Claw is there's a meta element to it. He has created a film that condemns toxic masculinity, condemns it, like spits in its face, says this is wrong. But the way he makes his thesis is by comparing it to healthy masculinity and making the argument these good guys, these fun guys do not deserve to suffer at the hands of toxic masculinity. You know, mm-hmm. too many times, and I'm not saying every filmmaker, but you know, too many times when a, when a filmmaker has a message, especially about something as contentious as this, where it's like, is all masculinity toxic? Is toxic masculinity really a thing? Or is this just feminist bullshit? This, this stuff gets debated ad nauseum on social media and in real life and in books it's crazy but many times you know we we forget that like men are victims of if you believe in it toxic masculinity too but many times when these arguments are being made it mostly it's like focusing on the women who are the women who are the target of so-called toxic masculinity this is the first film this is the first american film i can think of in a while where it's like no, no, no. Men can be victims of this too. And in fact, when they are, it usually ends with them dying. Mm-hmm. And Sean Durkin does something so incredible because in a weird way, it's a message movie, but the message never gets the message never weighs down the story and the character, the character work done by the by the performers in this movie. I, I gotta say, I you know, it takes a lot to make me cry. If you would have told me that Zac Efron was going to make me cry, I would have been like, no, I was never into, I'm not a high school musical kid and I'm not, I'm not, I'm not into that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Zac Efron made me cry. And me knowing the story, me knowing the story, me knowing like, Oh, uh, this is uh, this is like, um, this is like uh, I, I I knew the story since I was like in middle school, and at the end I was still sobbing because I was like this this was, this was something else. Um, Zac Efron is a standout, but honestly, the 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 cast that plays the other three brothers, Jeremy Allen White, 
Jeremy Allen White needs to be in a project where he's not in a fucked up family. Because he wasn't yeah, a fuck. I'm noticing he, that he wasn't a <laughs> fucked up family in Shameless. He's in a fucked up family in The Bear, and he's in a fucked up family in his first big movie, The Iron Claw. He needs to stop being the son in a fucked up family. Because at this point, I'm worried for his mental health. Uh, Harris Dickinson, listen, I wasn't really into The King's Man. I was like, like the only thing I was, in, I, in fact, I got a little annoyed by him. I was like, really, they're doing 1917 with this guy. Okay, I guess. But he's he's great as David Von Eric because David Von Eric was like the most charismatic brother. He was like the best like wrestler persona, and he's great. He's amazing, and in fact, it's it's his charisma and his brother is just so in love with this charismatic guy that kind of sets the tragedy in motion. Oh my God, he was in uh, he was in Triangle of Sadness. I didn't realize that. Was he? Oh, I he don't plays know. the he plays the model, the guy. Oh, that's right, that's right. I mean, yeah. the guy looks like a model. Give, no, he does. he does. No, he does. And then we have newcomer Stanley Simons as the oh youngest my, brother. Okay, I have to. Stanley Simons, he is going places. Holy shit! First of all, he can sing. Yes, he can sing. He can. But sing. he he. I will not say what, but he gives a performance that just shivers your fucking soul. It's really intense. And just to kind of show you how fucked up Fritz von Erich is, in the trailer you hear uh, Carrie's my favorite, then Kevin, then David, and then Mike. He plays Mike. So he, in essence, plays kind of like the black sheep of the family. Yeah. And he basically plays the oddball because he's, like, not into wrestling. He wants to be a musician. And boy, do they... uh, did they tug your heartstrings with that one? Yeah. Also, for the record, um, Holt McCallie plays the father. Does a very good job too. He, you know, best supporting best supporting actor is so loaded. It, no, but the, no one's gonna get a nomination acting wise because of how loaded the categories are this year. That's the thing, which it, is a shame. Like if like I know a lot of people like. I would tend to agree that Zac Efron deserves a spot over someone like Bradley Cooper. But I was like, sure. Most hundred percent. The, 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 like, I was like, listen, I know it's, it's, it's packed, but Holt Mac, McElhinney, McElhinney, Holt McElhinney, the guy from Manhunter or Mindhunters. Yeah. yeah. Holt McElhinney, Holt McElhinney. It does an amazing job. If he got in, with uh, Ryan Gosling and Robert Downey Jr., obviously he won't win. Those are the two behemoths right now. No, yeah. But he de- he would have deserved a nomination because he, he here's the thing: he doesn't play Fritz von Erich like a twirling mustache villain. He doesn't. No. He plays him like the way Fritz von Erich was in real life: a shitty dad who did not acknowledge that he was a shitty dad, who thought he was a good dad. Yeah. Anything, which is crazy. Yeah. And uh, see, I, I've kind of said a lot about the Iron Claw. You, you give us your thoughts. So, I told you I struggled with this movie a lot emotionally. Um, I always, whenever movies are based on a real life tragedy, I really grapple with balancing out. Am I witnessing the power of the movie or the power of the story it's based on? And often that can be, you know, the more difficulty you have in discerning the line, the better the movie did its job, in my opinion. 
if you're watching a movie where it's like, well, yes, of course the story's a tragedy, but here's X, Y, and Z problems with the movie, then or you're noticing you're just not you're not as compelled, then you understand what's going on or what's going wrong rather. Um, with the Iron Claw, I have greatly struggled to uh, decide whether my tears are for the real Von Erichs or the, well, obviously I have tears for the, I'm sad for the real Von Erichs, of course, but whether what I experienced was because of what the fact that it was true or because what I was watching was so well portrayed. If that is so difficult for me to determine, that makes this an incredible visceral experience, um, without a doubt. I still am grappling with that, I'll acknowledge, so I am unwilling to fully, I'm almost scared to fully commit to it almost. But this movie absolutely, without a doubt in my mind, has remade Sean Durkin as uh, a director to watch. Because I've actually been, I've been paying attention to Sean Durkin for a while he is, uh, as as Al mentioned, he did Martha Marcy May Marlene, which is a great movie about. It, it, it made it didn't make uh, Elizabeth Olsen a star. It made her a serious actress to to, to or an actress to reckon to take with. Serious, yeah, to reckon yes. with. Yes, it is that movie. Basically, that movie is about a um, uh, deprogramming from a uh, occult from a cult. And that you see some TV shows try to tackle that, do real life stories. This is the best movie about that. And there aren't many, but this is absolutely the best. He also did a movie called The Nest, which I thought was just okay, but you know, you can't get them all right. But The Iron Claw, my God, he has shown the fuck up with this. But like I said, I have to acknowledge and admit that I am, I am still struggling with it emotionally not like i think about it i'm gonna burst into tears but i am still struggling with how i fully feel about it like i i know it's good but i'm trying to figure out like was where's the line here and i don't know yet i i think what this what what is so ingenious about what sean Durkin did in this film is that even if you know what's going to happen he doesn't jump headfirst into the tragedy what he does and it's it's kind of <laughs> like it's, it's it's a little cruel i guess you would yeah. say if you look at it from one segment is that he introduces us to the brothers just being brothers being no i know wrestlers. you get like just un you get about half of the movie of brotherly love and it's like and, it's and genius, like wrestling awesomeness, it's a genius move, but it's it's difficult. You you see you see the brothers like you you see Kevin Von Erich like win uh win win a, win the championship belt. You see David Von Erich like rise to like a superstar. You see Kerry Von Erich like join his brothers in the ring, and the three of them are just kicking ass and taking names. Uh, uh, Kevin Von Erich starts dating uh, this wonderful girl Pam, played by Lily James. Uh, which, by the way, credit to Lily James. She got—I'm not gonna lie—on the page, her role is very thankless. She's just there to be the 
the the consoling wife. Mm-hmm. But what Lily James does is that she turns it into like she turns it into like an island of of peace and love that Zac Efron's character Kevin Von Erich can go to away from the toxicity that is his father and that is the wrestling world. She she took a thankless role and turned it into something really important to the movie. Like with without Lily James in this movie, this movie suffers. Mm-hmm. This really does. Oh, 100%. The fact the fact that like when she's on screen I'm like, "Oh, thank God, I can Oh, there's at least some little bit of happiness here. That's like I, I was like I needed that. I needed that so much. Mm-hmm. But but yeah, we get the romance between Kevin and Pam. Like like the first half of the movie is like these brothers are being awesome. Yeah, their dad's a bit of a hard ass, but these are these are brothers and they're awesome and they're so cool. And then Kevin and Pam get married. And they do they they literally the wedding scene ends with them doing like a like a famous Texas Hold'em dance or something. I don't know. It's a, it's like mm-hmm. a it's like a step dance or a square dance or something. I don't know. Yeah, uh, which, so square which, dance. Which by the way, like in that one scene, you can tell Zac Efron is the most accomplished dancers of the four, because uh, or of the of the five, because Jeremy Jeremy Allen White, Harris Dickinson, and Stanley Simons are like only doing half the steps that that Zac Efron is doing, and and. Poor, poor Lily James. She's wearing a dress and boots, so she's she's just kind of just. Sliding. That's hard. That's hard. No, no, it's do. hard. It's hard, but it's just so funny because you're like, oh yeah, Zac Efron is a dancer. You you kind of forget. Mm-hmm. Um. But after that, the movie's like, these these characters for like half of this movie, you've grown really attached to because they're so cool, they're so awesome, and their their brotherly love is just so sincere. Yeah. Let me show you what fucked up things happened to them. Yeah, it's hard. It's hard. Mm -hmm. It's such a hard watch. Like, she's not joking when it says like, you either, you either let let it take you, and it's gonna take you to some hard places. Yeah. Or you're trying to be like, no, trying to keep. It's hard. It's so hard. And I don't blame anyone who's like, I I had to keep myself at a distance because if I went all the way, I'd just be a broken man. Yeah. Um. But credit to the performances. There is not a weak performance in here. No, there isn't. That's it's crazy. Like, the only thing... So, I will bring up something that Jay mentioned to me because I got called out for not mentioning some things that he brought to my attention in the past. Uh, <clears throat> excuse me, sorry. Uh, so, he mentioned one thing, and this is to mention a critique of the movie. And this is not even... So, all the acting's amazing. Okay. This is a bit of a this is a bit of a spoiler in the sense that of a, how a character starts reacting to the tragedy. So, spoiler warning. Zac Efron's character starts not being around his wife or his kids because he is scared about giving delivering the curse onto his children and his wife. So he basically starts living with his parents, which, by the way, that is one thing we want to mention. It's kind of obvious in the trailer, but the brothers are all living in the parents' nice house together, all in under one roof, even though they're fully adults. It's just all under the same roof. In fact, it isn't until uh, Zac Efron's character gets married that he moves out. Uh, but none of the others do. They all still live there. That, that was a really common thing in the South. Like up oh, until up, very. Up, up until the, 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 the early knots. Well, yeah. people people just didn't move out until they got married. Yeah, that just you, you. I want to live in my own apartment. Why? That's just not what you did. Um, so, but that, that for the sake of context, for why they were interacting with each other so often, it does help to know that. But then he moves back in 
with his family uh, because he's scared. And at this point, um, he has lost two of his brothers. Well, technically three, but two in the context of grown adults, let's just say. He's lost two of them. Um, And unfortunately, one of them at this point uh, is really on the outs. I don't want to get into too much why. It, it, It is pretty upsetting, of course, but they're on the outs. So... He is Zach Efron's character is obviously going through it. The one critique that Jay brought up was that the way Zach Efron portrays distancing, him, distancing himself from his family, I don't know. And I, here's what I'll add to it. I don't know if it's in the way it's edited or if it is so much in the performance, but it does come out of, you just wish there was a little bit, there was at least a discussion where why he's doing this instead anytime he sees his wife it's almost like he's running from her not exact not literally but like he just won't even go near her and i you just needed a little bit more understanding as to why like you do piece it together so in the end it works just fine but it does it's it, it does make certain moments awkward like there's a scene where his wife is talking with him at the funeral and she's like, please come home. And he's like, yeah, I'm going home. And she's like, no, not your parents. Come home to me. And he just doesn't really say anything. He gets in the car. It's like, I understand the, uh, the performance choice for that, but it does unintentionally. And I really mean unintentionally come off as a little bit awkward. Um, I have one more critique about the movie, which actually upset Jay when I mentioned it. Uh, But before I say that and potentially upset you, is there any any other critiques that you noticed or anything you would bring up? I so again, all the performances are very good. Uh, I would actually like to point out that uh, Mara Tierney, who plays the mother Doris von Erich, mm-hmm. um, oh she's great. She's great, but she has a lot of scenes with her with her sons or with the actors who are playing her sons. She only really has a couple scenes with her husband. And I thought what would make the film so much stronger was we, we, we ultimately get a get a final scene that's pretty confrontational between her and uh, Holt McKellenie's Fritz von Erich. Uh, but I was like, we kind of needed this after every death because yeah. she kind of disappears from the movie. And you're like, why would you take someone who her son's dying like broke this poor woman like i i feel like i I felt said that scene where she can't put on the dress again fucks you up no it does it does and i I was talking i mean i was talking about this with with a mutual friend of ours and he said like there comes a point where the director really has gotta like because the the subject matter is so heavy he, he really had to like tone down because at some point it becomes a shoot the shaggy dog story. And that's not what you want. Uh, and I, I, I agreed with the sentiment, but I still think we could have used with some more Doris. Um, I, I, I know, one, I know what even you don't one like. More scene. Uh, yeah. Okay. You know I, I, mean. I know what you don't like. See, I, 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 I know exactly what you don't like. I would say my only problem with that. My only problem that I had with that was that uh, it was, it was, how do I say this? 
it I felt like there needed to be some more to it. Like like it still worked. To me it still worked what what okay. I was trying to do. But I thought to myself um I don't know. I I felt like it needed I felt like it just ended. Like not naturally but just abruptly. I felt like it needed more like like it it needed it needed a coda, I guess you could say. It needed a coda so, and and uh I I know that that's really my only critique of that scene cuz I still love it. I just was like it ended too abruptly, right? It ended too abruptly. Like, like the final scene with Kevin Von Erich is a coda. And I was like, yeah. we needed that with, with and those that, that's three. incredible. That's incredible. Yeah. yeah, that's what I felt. I was like, I was like, we get that coda with Kevin and his kids. We, we needed something with, uh, with, the, with the brothers, with, with the other brothers, with that scene. Because it, it literally just ends with them hugging. No, I know. And my, so, okay. Um, when you do, so... When movies approach the concept of death, and when I say death, I mean, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna talk about it because I, I feel like I need to. So this is a major scene spoiler, folks. Again, I'm saying that now. Um, after the last, after the third brother, and I keep, you know what I, we all know what I mean by third, just in the sake of the context of the story. Um, the third brother horribly kills himself and it is an incredibly devastating moment when Zac Efron's character literally carries the brother who's dead to the dining room table and he puts him down and he gives him a final kiss goodbye which is amazing and then we cut to this brother walking around like with the other brothers that have passed away, all of them, all of them that are in the movie, including the youngest one or the, the one who died as a child. Okay. And it's this long extended sequence where he gets on the boat, which I understand was meant to sort of be an analogy for, uh, the river uh, sticks, the river sticks. I totally understand that, that that's what that analogy was. And they get, he gets on the dock and they hug and they talk and he he meets the brother he never met as who's the child and then they hug and it ends okay now my thing was when you depict seeing dead people whether it's just in the person's head or any other thing you have in my opinion typically you've got to be quicker with it you holding on for that long unless you are genuinely dealing with something like the sixth sense really or the others but even the others was like fast moments you really got to be careful about that and actually this movie does a good version of that there is a scene with the mother where she is watching television okay and she is watching her son's uh, fight and one of the the first brother that has passed away is sitting on the stairs behind her, not saying anything. And he's not even fully in focus. And she's just sitting there and she thinks and she kind of looks back and he's not there anymore. And I looked at that shot again recently. The costume they did, it's his clothing, but they added things to it to make him blend in with the house more. Almost kind of like one of those moments where, you know when you look kind of like out of the corner of your eye, you think you see something, yeah, but yeah. then it's it's normal. That's what they were recreating, and that was fucking brilliant. 
That's the way you do it. Because that's what happens to us. When someone dies, not everyone, and if you don't experience this, there's nothing wrong with that. But you sometimes think you see them, okay? It does happen. And that was that part, doing that with, with the way the mom saw her dead son. That is the greatest way I've seen that done ever. It really was remarkable. But you got to be quick with that, in my opinion. Holding on to that scene in the afterlife, to me, was just too much. It really was. It, 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 you, we didn't. And the thing is, I understand the intention. I actually understand where the director's coming from. You're, you're but trying it, to, he was trying to provide closure. I respect that entirely. You could have done that, in my opinion, where so Zac Efron's character kisses his brother one last time, and then we cut to all of the brothers there hugging and laughing just to give you that emotional visual closure, and then you cut back to Zac Efron's character sitting there with tears down his eyes. That's, in my opinion, that's all you needed. We needed to see that they were okay. I respect that entirely. But having him walk in a field, what this is not, this is not what dreams may come, and we didn't. In my opinion, we didn't need it. Keep in mind, this did not, by any stretch of the imagination, ruin the movie for me. But if I'm to bring up two things, like critiques, so to speak, of this movie, it's the two I have mentioned. Um. <clears throat> So the interesting thing is that you're like it needed to be shorter, and I'm like it needed to be, to it be needed, longer. It, it needed or it needed a, it needed a more definitive ending. Yeah. Uh, so and that, Jay thought it was and Jay thought it was perfect. So or that sequence at least I, I should say. So the the crazy thing the crazy thing about that is is that I totally get where you're coming from. I really do. I I, I just I just think both. I just think both uh, uh, approaches can 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 work. Sure. Uh, uh, but anyway, the 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 funny thing is, is that uh, you know, there's there's a famous famous uh, uh, quote from Kevin Von Erich that that he said in the in the oh, in no. the documentary, and it's yeah. it's one of the it's one of the it's one of the most famous quotes in all of wrestling mm-hmm. that kind of really encapsulates the the entire thing. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, wait, I was like, well, where are they going to put this? Because he only really said it like years after the whole thing just kind of stopped. Mm-hmm. And the way the movie incorporates it as him kind of saying a variation of it to his sons. I, that, that's that's when I broke down. I, I could. And it was so you you and a mutual friend of ours talked about this. And it was right around all those moments where we all. If the three of us were in that theater together, we would have all lost it. Um, that that it's it's a powerful scene because, and and that's the scene where you're like, yeah, sorry, I, yeah, I just, yeah, I, no, I, I got tears <sighs> in my eyes. I, I can't, sorry, I can't, yeah, I can't because because <sighs> that's the power yeah. of Zac Efron's performance in that scene. Yeah, because you've just witnessed this horrible thing, and you know he's handling it as best as anyone could right you know yeah. and and it's kind of the coda like I, I keep using that word again it's kind of yeah. ties this nice little boat to the whole film that he like he showed like like throughout the whole film he has this element where he just can't seem to be vulnerable right he can't seem to be vulnerable his father hates him when he's vulnerable 
uh, he sees it as weakness, and it bothers. That scene in the locker room, by the way, when like Zac Efron's with his dad, and his dad is just angry at him. It is. That's also emotion. That's that almost made me cry, but in a very different way. The so the fact that it, the whole thing is about him being vulnerable and just kind of feeling that like he can't, and then he he finally opens himself up to his sons. You know, you got to remember, this is a guy who was raised like. You never show weakness. You got to be the toughest. And you sure as hell don't show your weak side in front of your sons. Right? That, that's literally all he's ever known. And he's crying and his kids ask him why he's crying and he says what he says. Yeah. And you're like, that's just the perfect bow to what this whole movie's about. Mm-hmm. He, 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 he ultimately finds peace when he's vulnerable with his sons. When, when he allows his sons to see that side of him. And ultimately, the film posits that that's what ended the curse. Yeah. You know, um, now kind of going back to what you're saying, Holton McKelney, you know, he could have easily played this as the physically abusive dad. Easy. Yeah. And it, it's straightforward. You just, okay, I beat him up a little bit, curse at them. Nah, 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 nah. No. This is some psychological manipulation bullshit. Yeah. There's a moment. You make them physically abuse themselves. That's what he did. Yes. And yes. it's fucked up. There's a scene. There's a there's a there's a scene that's it's kind of one it's been like one of the posters where all the brothers or all the living brothers uh, are hugging their dad, right? And it's it's a, it's an amazing shot. It's an amazing moment. But but you you realize like oh no, this is just Fritz von Erich being an abusive asshole again. Because right before that, he has the mic and he's like, the Von Erics are the greatest family in wrestling. My sons are all going to be champions. And you literally just kind of see the worry in all the sons when they're like, oh, our dad's going to put us through the ringer. And then poor Mike Von Erich, played by Stanley Simons, is like, again, he's he wants to be a musician, right? Yeah. And he's like, wait, I'm going to be a wrestler too? What? And you just see like the fear in all the son's eyes. And that's the crazy thing. They all show fear in a different way. Kevin Von Erich, Kevin Von Erich is kind of like, kind of like worried. Like, like he's like, oh, dad's doing it again. Carrie Von Erich is like trying to, trying but to. But they're worried about a different, they're each worried about a different brother. They're not worried about themselves. Exactly. Which like, is Carrie Von Erich is just kind of doing the whole like, okay, dad's doing this, but I, I gotta, gotta go with it. David Von Erich is like, I wish dad wasn't doing this. And, uh, Mike Von Erich is just like, why is dad doing this? I don't want to do this. And then they all hug. And you can tell us that hug of like, if we don't hug dad, he's going to yell at us. It's so many layers to this. And it's it's all because Sean Durkin, not, not only did he brilliantly cast this movie, there are very yeah. few films out there where you can be like, everyone, like, I know the one everyone shits on is that the guy who played Ric Flair sucked. But honestly, he's it's it's like an extended cameo, like a wink to like, oh, Ric Flair. Yeah. Really and truly, all the speaking. That, oh, yeah, that is another that is another minor critique of the movie. The actor that played Ric Flair, it was not the best uh, performance. But other than that, everyone here gives their a game. Lily James again, thankless role, but what she does is so pivotal to the film that I was like, if Lily James wasn't in this movie, I would have walked out because there were there were moments. Where it just it just got to like hereditary levels of like I can't deal with this. I, yeah. But then Lily James would come in. It was and, almost a horror movie. That is true. It really yeah, was almost. Yeah. Because you see what they do to their bodies. 
Yeah. Uh, the sound design during the fights were so good. And the music choices, like, <laughs> it was funny. I was talking with our friend Chris, and I go, like, you know the music choices during the wrestling montages? It's it's like, you just go, like, man, this is, like, bro rock, and it's great. And it just mm-hmm. sets you up for, like, just that tragedy where you're like, why is this happening? Why? <laughs> uh, so do you have ugly. anything else to add, C, about this movie? Um... Or do you just want to give your ratings? I, I, I If I say any more, I'm going to cry. I can't. Yeah. I've I been really holding can't. it. I, I, I like teared up a little bit remembering the last scene. No, uh, no I, I can't even speak the line that his son says. I, I can't either. I can't, I can't either. say it. I cannot fucking say it. And because, I'm still because it, it, grappling like, with this movie. It's it's Sean Durkin's ability to be like, like, what is more pure than the innocence of a child? Who had no idea? Who probably doesn't really understand what was happening, and just said something to make his dad feel better. Oh, now I'm crying. <laughs> uh, no, it's like is I just thought. So there's a you, okay. I promise I'm not just saying this to make you sad. When you did a documentary class at our film school, were you forced to watch a documentary called Dear Zachary? There's a reason. I that. saw that with my dad too. Okay, why did you do? I, okay, wait. <laughs> All right, you don't have a good track record for this, but okay. I don't. Um, there is a scene in that documentary where um, one, and I'm not going to say a lot about this documentary, folks. If be prepared to cry, but it's very powerful. The this man starts crying, and his son, like who's maybe like five or six, I don't know, very young walks up like to his dad and just immediately climbs onto his dad's lap and starts hugging him. And the son's like asking him why he's crying and he tries to explain it. And the son's like, okay. Um, And the son basically says something and the dad says, no, thanks for making me feel better, buddy. I appreciate it. And that moment broke me because it's just like, because you're right. The kids don't always know how the power they have over their parents. But when they do things like that, and I'm not a dad and neither are you, but when that when moments like that happen, it's it's why on this podcast I've said to you personally and why I've said on the podcast that whenever a movie starts like doing horrible things to the ki- to kids, I greatly struggle with that and like that's the circumstance where I'll stop the movie or walk out. So it's like when a movie like this does something like that, it is, it is undeniably emotionally powerful, but so I, I just, I, yeah, no. So I'm, I'm a brother, you know, and I I'm, a, this. I'm a brother too. Yeah. Well, like not, not but you have, you. you have you have you have I a have brother. a brother I have a yes brother. you have a brother I have a sister and, and you know that that uh, that relationship it's hard to explain but it's like like it, it it's it's a relationship where you're like this is this is the only other man in the world who shares a hundred percent of my blood there mm-hmm. there there are no other men it's just those guys just those guys uh and and I gotta say. Uh, you know what? What made ironically what what made this movie like that really struck a chord with me so, so hard was the fact that like ultimately it was the memory of the love he had for his brothers, where he's like, 
I gotta I gotta continue on. And 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 Kevin Von Erich says that in, in real life as well. He says, My brothers would have wanted me to live on. Mm-hmm. And that that's kind of the beautiful thing about it. Um I would say that your the tears you cry here are gonna be more sad tears versus something like Warrior. Where the that it, like the funny thing about that is that that ending always gets me because it basically the brothers are saying they love each other, mm-hmm. and uh, but at that one it's like it's like such a, such a like like just a victorious moment and then this one you're just kind of resigned after you just experienced the tragedy but that one little coda really just kind of because because his sons are brothers to each other and they're just like it's just that thing of you watching them just doing what brothers do playing with a ball, you know. Yeah. And, and uh, you know, I, you know, I'm significantly older than my brother, but even I played with the ball with him. And that's kind of a universal thing with mm-hmm. brothers that there's always like you play with the ball outside. Mm-hmm. And th- this movie is very powerful. Now, it, again, we, we've talked about the, the flaws or our perceived flaws with the movie. But ultimately, this is really one of the best films of the year. Mm-hmm. Um, Zac Efron, man, credit to him. Like. Like he's really, really beaten the allegations that he is a uh, uh, average actor. Mm-hmm. No, like, yes. Like, you know, we the last thing we saw him in was Firestarter, right? Oh yeah. And, and we were like, "What the fuck?" And then we watched this, and we're like, "Oh, he can do it. He can actually really do it." And, and you know, we've seen him. We were like, "Oh, he can be a leading man." You know, he 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 can be a comedic leading man. He can be funny. But there was never that, like, can he be, like, an actor's actor? And I, I think this really proved that he can. It's mm-hmm. a shame that lead actor is so stacked and that it's kind of already a given that it's either going to be Killian or Paul. Yeah. But he he should have been in the conversation. Um, yeah. Jeremy Allen White, you know, I've, I've been watching The Bear. I just finished season two. Mm-hmm. And this guy is going to be – this guy is going to be something. Like mm-hmm. he, he was on Shameless for like ten years. Yeah. In fact, he he even said like I thought I thought it was just gonna be like one TV show and not do anything else ever again, and now you know the Bear gave him his first Emmy, and the Iron Claw showed that like not only does he do that one thing that all of Hollywood loves that actors do, which is bulk up, but that he really really knows how to act. He really no, he does. does. He really so does. So I'm I'm excited for whatever he I, he's doing a movie with. Uh, He's doing like a romance. I forget who's directing okay. it. Um, I think it's written by the girl who did the 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 lady who did Girls. I don't know, but he, oh, he's doing okay. he's doing something like that. So, okay. and Harris Dickinson, you know, he's the he's like being a lot of love interests and a lot of romances. He's charismatic, but that's Stanley Simons. You're right. I'm excited to see what he does next because yeah. he had for me he had the he had the worst. best performance in the movie. Yeah, and he had the worst death. No, it, it's it's horrible. Yeah, it's, um, they're all but, bad. That's the thing. None of them are good. No, none not, of them not, are good. Not not that a death is ever good, but none of them. You know what it is? None of the deaths are merciful. It's really intense. It's yeah. like yeah. So uh, so see, what rating do you give this movie? I give this a fucking flush. It's very good. It's very powerful. I still struggle with how much of this was the real story that I'm dealing with or how much of it is the movie, but there is undeniable talent in every frame of this movie and undeniable ability in its direction. So this is a fucking flush. This is one of my favorite movies of the year. This is in my top 10. This is the iron fucks. 
Oh, very um, nice. They're like if wrestling sports is your jam. This 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 isn't as good as the wrestler, but it's damn close. See, okay, that's what I also wanted to mention. Yeah, in a world of wrestling movies where it's like if on the spectrum of fighting my fighting with family to the wrestler, this is much more on the side of the wrestler. But the wrestler does come up ahead for me, uh, mainly because Mickey Mickey Rourke's performance was a revelation yeah <laughs> that um, will shatter you this this film captures perfectly an era of time that is long past texas in the 80s yep. um but more than that you really really believe that these guys are brothers you really do and uh even though they don't look exactly like the real people like Jeremy Allen White is like a foot shorter than the actual Carrie Von Eric. They are they are somewhat Hollywoodified versions. Yeah, looks looks wise exclusively. Yeah, but it's so good. And uh, also, one little touch that I liked about that I appreciated about this movie is the fact that they, when they did the credits for the actors, they actually cut to a clip of each character, kind of like the way those movies did back in the day. And yeah. I'm like, that is such a f- amazing touch. Yeah, yeah, totally. Like, that's really smart. Um, but yeah, this is the Iron Fox for me. I, I love this movie. I, I'm, I'm, I'm a little embarrassed that I sobbed with, but at least I sobbed with my dad and my brother. Um, you know, I would say that for, for people like the subject matter is really intense and I'm not normally the guy to be like, Oh, you can't, everyone can handle it. Nah, this is just just know what you're getting into in this, but it's great. It's great. But, uh, yeah. So this has been. What do you think? I'm Al. And I'm C. The Iron Claw is coming for you. Good night, everybody.